for our diving Hope comes and stops us in our tracks Bravely we prove in our striving Trudging together each day Where there's a will, there's a way Hello everyone and welcome to Raw Recovery Tuesday Edition uh, today on the show, we have Jennifer. Jennifer was brought on uh, by uh, Jill. As you guys know, Jill brings on most of our people every now and then. Again, I get kind of lucky and bring somebody on. But we have a new feature coming up here, uh, probably starting on the next show, where uh, Jill's going to start introducing um, these people because I feel like they deserve um, a little bit more time than Dion saying, I don't know this person yet. I don't, I, I feel, I, I kind of feel like we're doing a disservice to our, to our, um, to our people coming on the show and taking their time with us. So you guys can see that, that stuff coming up. If you ever have any suggestions, feel free to reach out. Let us know. Um, we're always, we're always open-minded to hear things. So Jennifer, thank you for taking your time. I, I just got, she was just getting ready to take a drink. I was waiting on her to take a drink to introduce her. Oh, what? Well, yeah, hi, Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to welcome Jennifer to the show. Uh, Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Most, most certainly. So um, let's go ahead and get started. Um, I'm going to kind of open up the show. So this is going to be Raw Recovery with Jennifer, hosted by Dion. And it is all yours, Jennifer. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Jill, for having me too. Um, so my name's Jennifer. I'm an alcoholic and an addict. Hello. And as of May 1st, I celebrated 20 years of sobriety. Wow, congratulations. Uh, thank you. It's a freaking miracle. That's a that's an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if it impresses you, but it impresses the hell out of me. <laughs> uh, my mom has 37 years. You're getting there. Does she? That's awesome. <laughs> my dad died with 50. You're, wow. You're, you're there. You're, you're, you're yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a couple of friends. They're like, that's a good start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard the 21st is the hardest. So. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm just going to talk a little bit about what it was like and then what happened and what it's like now. Fantastic. And so um, specific to alcohol and drug use. I mean, I, as I get older and I refer, reflect back, I can see that I had a lot of the, the, uh, I guess, behaviors and, and core belief thinking before I ever picked up a drink. Uh, tendencies. Uh, yeah. You already had, you already saw it coming. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, the first time I got really drunk, my friend and I, we, we went and raided her dad's, uh, you know, liquor cabinet, mm -hmm. and we put this much of every liquor, like kind of like a long. She's showing an inch, guys. She's showing an inch. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're not on. They're not on. Yeah, camera. yeah, they don't see the video, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and then we put a little bit of soda. We're having just a technical no, difficulty just here. So we had okay, a, a mixed drink. Okay, so you did what we call us. Okay. You made some jungle juice or what we call a suicide. 
totally, totally. And then um, we started drinking it, and she pulled, uh, she dropped hers down the toilet. Okay. And I drank mine completely, all oh, gone to the last drop. And so, so that that was uh, my first indicator that I don't act like other people. Yeah, <laughs> I've had that and tasted I, horrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I didn't even care yeah, what it tasted flinch. like. And so, I the only thing I really remember is being on her front lawn and like grabbing the grass. You know, on my knees, <laughs> grabbing the grass as the world spun and spun. And, yep. and I, I want to be an airborne ranger. <laughs> I know I was out on the grass, too. <laughs> and I don't even know. That's like the only thing I remember. I don't know if I got sick. OK, I don't know. Um, but I knew I liked it. Yeah. I did. It was, it was nice. And, and that's, I, I had some things, um, home life stuff, you know, okay. uh, my parents got divorced and my biological dad's pretty much raging, uh, violent alcoholic. Okay. And so luckily I didn't have to be with him not a hundred percent of the time. I had to see him on weekends and holidays and this and okay. that. Um, and so, after so i stayed with my aunt and she had four kids so i was like part of this nuclear family for about seven years okay and then my mom remarried and so when she remarried i moved schools i moved everything i was now an only child and i was really pissed off about that (laughs) i'd be i'd be i'd be pissed yeah absolutely And I don't, I don't even think I knew I was back then, but as I look back, it was like, I, I was, it changed my whole world. Yeah. It did. You, you know what, when my mom sobered up and uh, took over raising the kids, it took me a long time to figure out why I was so mad at her. I was probably 30 years old when I finally figured out why I was so mad. And I was mad because I felt like those were my kids. Like they were taking something for, oh, oh, you went and got well. So now you get this vet and, and that's why I got mad. So I get that. Right. I'd be pissed right. too. Yeah. Yeah. And then that was a new school, all new people. And from then on, and, you know, I, I think it's common with us. And I even heard it on some of your other podcasts that that trying to fit in. Yeah. That trying to fit in, not knowing where I fit in. Uh, my emotions were always weird. Like when we would sit in a gymnasium and they'd show stuff on the screen or they'd have something, mm-hmm. and the, the whole gymnasium would clap and holler. And that would just like overwhelm me to where I would cry. And I didn't know what was the matter with me. You okay. know? I mean, now I kind of know I'm just super hypersensitive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I get that too. And did you and I get didn't that- tell nobody? Yeah, well, and didn't you get tired of hearing as a kid? What, guys, it's always drama with you. You always got something going on. I hear, I quit, I, I shut my mouth after a while too, because right. I was tired of people thinking of me that way. Right. It, you know why? Because it fucking hurt. That's why. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I felt a part. I had, I already felt like not a part of. That just made me feel like a fucking stranger. Yeah. Totally. 
Yeah, I just knowing I knew like that difference, but you can't pinpoint it when you're that young. Yeah, that's so tough. It is. And then so then I, I had the drunk and then I tried pot. And of course, that was awesome. I was like mm-hmm. a huge pothead. My my entire using career, I loved pot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was 15, so things got bad at home. Me and my mom, we just fought, 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 fought. Okay. Um, and with the stepdad and she wouldn't let him have any power. So, so oh. it was just, yeah, it, it was bad. And so, um, and I, I was angry. And so by the time I was 15, I had pretty much told him to fuck off and I left. And I went and I had a boyfriend who's like okay. 22 and, uh, you know, which now looking back a 22 year old with a 15 year old, I'm kind of like, mm. I was like, you know, what yeah. is that? I, I made I made a necklace out of all the red flags I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been a red flag. <laughs> oh man, you're hilarious. <laughs> and so then I was there and that was like we drank uh tequila and Jack Daniels every weekend yeah sometimes middle of the week too but that's and we were knocked down drag out you know drunks every weekend we fought and we yeah. drank and we fought and we, we drank and then um one of the last ones I remember um he had pulled his 22 out and he had a teddy bear he had bought me and he, he put the gun to the teddy bear's head and he's like you know this should be you bitch and he shot it he shot through my teddy bear's head and um like i didn't even freak out you know later i'm like oh my god that could have been me yeah but, yeah it, it, didn't qu- it didn't connect again oh no because i was drunk i was like screw you you jerk you pussy you have to yeah. You know, you have Where'd to shoot a teddy bear. What happened? Yeah, you probably dared him. <laughs> totally. Oh. Yeah. yeah. We're Absolutely. those types of people. We are. And kind of, well, like, please let me out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Let me out. I'll, I'll be glad to get out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I know, guys. And- we laugh at that, but we laugh at it for a reason. We certainly don't feel that way anymore. But no. We, we can laugh at that now, which is yeah. a good thing that that's growth is what that is absolutely and that just you know was the beginning of and so then he had um, like dropped me on my head on the cement and as I came up I don't know if I came to or came up but I had a full tequila bottle and I just hit him across the face with it Mm -hmm. and you know that was like one of those really memorable moments of of, oh my God, I'm just like my alcoholic, violent father. Mm-hmm. Who I never wanted to be like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to be like that. And, and dating them too. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I went to treatment actually my first time. So I, with that boyfriend, I had started, I tried uh, meth and he taught me how to shoot up. And so from the age of 15 to 18 years old, I was shooting up meth and Coke and um, Dilaudid and whatever I could, you know, he was, he was very helpful in my life. (laughs) When it came to drugs. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and so it was just cool because, you know, I was 15, 16, and I didn't have to have parents 
telling me what the hell to do. Um, so then I went to treatment and I went, I was going to be off my mom's insurance. My mom kept telling me, like, I can only have you on my insurance until you're, you hit 19. Yeah. So yeah. go to treatment. Um, cause my mom knew and my dad knew what was going on with they, me, but yeah. you know, um, at one point my dad was telling her like, Hey, she's using the needle. And my mm-hmm. mom was in full denial, mm-hmm. you know, no, she's not. And he's like, look, you know, and they went in my bedroom and all the, all the shit's right there in the drawer, the needles and spoons. And, um, and my mom was crushed. So, yeah. Yeah. but then they knew, they knew what was going on with me. And so she kept trying to get me to get me to go to treatment. So I went to St. Luke's and, you know, me it, too. it was, <laughs> did you? Yeah, yeah. To, to the ARU, the addiction recovery unit. Uh, yeah, but I was in the uh, young people's. I was uh, 15 at the time. Oh, okay. So okay. I, was in the, I was on the third floor. Well, they flew me to Aspen in this little plane. Jerks, like, I didn't go to Aspen. I know, huh? It was like Fuck. a vacation. <laughs> no, my view, my view is where they burnt the bodies. That was my view. Oh jeez! <laughs> oh, yeah, kind, mor- was... kind of kind of a morbid, you know. <laughs> totally. No, St. Luke's great place. The guy that ran his name was Lee. Yeah, great place, great place. I love St. Luke's. I have a big heart for them. So. Yeah, and I I'm not even sure why that was the decision they made with me, but I just know I walked in the door and I had the insurance, and so probably because they could charge the insurance all to it, so they yeah. Could, you know, and I was, I was like, you know, a hundred pounds and just, I was, uh, I was miserable at okay. 18. Like I was miserable. I mm-hmm. knew I was a drug addict. I knew I was an alcoholic. I didn't want to live that life anymore. Um, and so I was going to treatment to get sober. Okay. And, um, luckily while I was in treatment, I, I met a guy. <laughs> luckily oh yeah okay. yeah yeah you know another another ring on the red flags right Ooh, yeah here we go <laughs> another link in the red flag chain um and so you know they tell you don't do this with relationships and that and mm. i go oh, yeah whatever you know me you don't know me <laughs> yeah i got this i got this and so i left there you know so i'm still pretty young i was like 18 so i kind of just um stayed sober and tried to ignore that that part of me ever existed i went and i hadn't had any legal issues so i went and i That's got a kind of a cool concept well i thought no. <laughs> i didn't say it was gonna work i just said it was yeah. a cool concept <laughs> it looked good on the outside <laughs> there you go i'll go with that yeah that's i went and i got a job at 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 a bank and i was a a teller and like you know paying rent getting an apartment like living normal okay life um which then my whole life really turned into trying trying to make it look like something it wasn't you know okay and so i couldn't all the people at the bank and stuff i couldn't talk about my reality you know, of where I come from or none of that. Cause that's, I was just like, that was, yeah. You didn't heart. want that. They didn't exist anymore. No, it was hidden. So, it was shameful. 
full of guilt, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and so I went to a wedding and I had, so I was a little over a year sober. I went to a wedding and I happened to pick up this glass. Like I had my non-alcoholic uh, champagne over here. Okay. They, they provided us because they knew, we, you know, there was sober people there. Okay. Well, cool. Right. And I went out on the dance floor dancing and I came back and I took this big swig <gasps> and it wasn't my glass. Nope. And so um, I was like, oh, oh no, what did I do? You know, and, and that's, I didn't have a sponsor. I didn't have any friends who even knew that I ever drank or drugged. Yeah. You know, like I had zero, zero people to run it by. Like, what is this, you know? You didn't um, know what to do with it at all. Totally. No. And so, so the guy I met in treatment, of course, we, we moved in together right after treatment and we're living Uh together. He was at the wedding with me. Well, he got like literally jealous. Like at one point he said, well, you got to drink. And I was like. I, (laughs) it was one drink of champagne by accident. (laughs) And so, you know, because here we are, two drug addicts just got out of, and he was facing 64 years in prison. Man, talk about, talk about a little boy whistling in the dark right there, man. Totally. Right. Yeah. That's why I started laughing because, because just listen to the two year old in it. Well, you, I, all I heard was my grandkids. Well, she got one. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, and it was even funnier I. because that would come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was amazing. Like, as I look back on it and uh-huh. you just see how, how powerful, that's how powerful this addiction is. And, and that it runs your head into yep. this weird, weird pattern. Uh, yeah. Fuck the fact that you may have just relapsed. <laughs> right right let's never mind that so then he brought you know like by the next two days he was smoking pot yeah it wasn't <laughs> too far off from there no and so now i know it's not my fault but mm-hmm. then i didn't i didn't know okay. that i thought this was my fault um oh, and so we ended up we got married um and we were still just like smoking some pot and this and that and it was probably six months after we got married that we were both back on the needle again. Okay. I mean, that's, it was, it was no time at all. Yeah. Um, I did get pregnant uh, in 1992 with okay. my first son. And I was, able, you know, I'm really grateful because I was able to stay clean through my pregnancy. Okay. So I've had a total of four. Yeah, I actually, I actually hear that a lot of women that come on that stay clean during their pregnancies, and I just gotta say something. God bless you. It's just like an innate thing. Yeah, and I'm glad. I'm glad that innate thing is more powerful than the drug. That's it's almost hopeful. Right. Fuck, just stay pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) there's our answer well and wait because as we go on that's my answer again later (laughs) (laughs) i didn't realize you were two steps ahead of me all right so uh 
Yeah. So I got pregnant. Well, then we start doing this and we're moving. We moved uh, to Colorado Springs and we lived in this hotel where everybody was shooting dope. And, yeah, we all know the know, hotel. And then we had a daycare and I thought the ladies were witches and that they were going to hurt my kid because I had all this paranoia. Yep. It was very psychotic. <laughs> it's a strange um, world to live in. It is. is. It is. Yeah, it is just amazing. And so then we had another kid in, in three years, pretty close together. So I had those two boys. Okay. Well, um, we just kept trying for 12 years. We just kept trying to make it look like we thought it should. Well, I did. Okay. Like I, I wanted, I was trying to make that, that nuclear family that I, I never had. I was trying to have the dad and the kids and this and, you know, and at one point I seriously thought I would rather die than lose my family. Yeah. And so that's what was happening. Uh-huh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't detach. And, you know, I had already got clean once at 18. So like I knew I could get sober and okay. I wanted to be sober, but he, he wasn't there. And I just, I, I couldn't detach until, you know, the bitter end. Yeah. Bitter, bitter end until we, you know, just, I was shooting dope 24 seven and he took the kids and went to Arizona on the premise that he was going to go move out there and get set up. And then I was going to go follow. Okay. And, um, so about two, three months in, I'm still just in Denver partying everything. And, um, it's not really partying because it's still not fun. It already mm-hmm. wasn't fun. It wasn't fun at 18, you know? Yeah. Like it already lost its fun at 18. Um, and so I go out there and I call him like, hey, I'm here. And he hangs up. And I call him again and he hangs up. And then he, I call and his dad answers and his dad says, don't come here. Like you don't get to know where we are. You're not allowed around the kids. Wow. Like we are, we are done with you, you know, and hung up on me. And so of course, you know, I probably called 800 more times, mm-hmm. you know, and in those, in those times, I, I documented on the answering machine, <laughs> that, you know, I'm going to find where you're at and I'm going to sneak in your house and I'm going to slit your fucking throat. <laughs> Ooh, no. so, so really that's, you should document it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> especially um, when it's when it's the part that gets you in trouble totally make sure totally. you document that part yes yes i was very <laughs> very smart when i was under the influence yeah <laughs> i'm sorry you had to go through that that sucks well and that's so then he kept the kids and you know kind of by the grace of god i didn't find them mm-hmm. because i was in that headspace. Um, but what I did is I found so much more dope and I, I found some, like, I guess, I don't know, some kind of cartel or something. I didn't even care, but you know, somebody who had dope, like I'm going to date the guy that has all the dope, you mm-hmm. know? And so I really thought I found heaven because it was this unlimited supply of dope and I didn't have to pay for it. And like it was a family thing and, okay. and had acres of land. And so that I thought that was it. Like, I was like, this is so cool. I found, and, uh, <laughs> I found home. 
Totally. <laughs> yeah. Which how sad is that that's yeah. what I, you know, I'm thinking this is heaven. And so, um, you know, that's like six months or eight months go by. I never have seen my kids again. I never talked to my kids again um, until way later. And then I, I, my brother was getting married. And so I hitchhiked back to Colorado Okay. And I had hitchhiked around a couple of times. I hitchhiked to New Mexico and Colorado. And, and uh, one of my, my stories is that I was in New Mexico and I had sandals on and, and just my clothes on. And uh, it got really cold in the middle of the night. And mm-hmm. so I go and I found somebody's welcome mat and I rolled up in it yeah. off their porch, took it off their porch and rolled up in it because that rubber and it kept the wind out, you know? Yep. And then, um, and then I had a moment of clarity because I went to get in my backpack and I had collected all these rocks, like, you know, the, uh, the quartz, the rose quartz and the jade and the, you know, all those little stones and, and then rocks that I would pick up along the road that I thought were pretty. Uh So I have this great rock collection in my backpack, literally I'm carrying rocks. (laughs) Might as well make your life harder. <laughs> and I'm freezing cold. And, you know, I have that moment of clarity, like, man, I wish I had socks instead of rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. what the hell? That And so that just really it is an example of how far my brain went from the truth, like distinguishing the truth from the false. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's it's just insane. And so anyway, so then my brothers get married. And so I hitchhiked back to Denver um, and decided I was going to get sober again. And at some point I had decided that because that first six, eight months after he took my kids, I was psychotic. Yeah. I was completely psychotic. I was in Arizona, which I knew nobody there. So all I did was hang around with the, you know, the worst people in the most sordid places. Yeah, I was going to say you went and found the sordid places. Totally, totally. And, and yeah, my, my big goal was I was going to be Heidi Fleiss. Do you remember her? I know who Heidi Fleiss is, yes. <laughs> that, that was my dream job. <laughs> well, aim high, I guess. <laughs> right right i'm not just gonna be a normal streetwalker i'm gonna be you know i'm not I'm yeah i'm not just gonna out. be it. i'm not just gonna be a regular hooker i want to be heidi fleiss man <laughs> i'm gonna go screw the famous <laughs> yeah well that's they they didn't hang out in the places i did <laughs> no they don't hang out in sordid places no <laughs> in, well yeah they do in, just their in, own in arizona <laughs> <laughs> so um so as i come back to colorado for my brother's wedding and i'm hitchhiking and i missed his wedding by one day and that like just threw me kind of into a, a what the fuck am i doing you know um and then so i decided i was only gonna smoke pot and i did that for about three months okay. and i so you know i went really i was a hundred pounds again when I got back into this time, I'm, you know, 29 years old, mm-hmm. I'm hundred pounds again. And I have bad, you know, I've been in the hospital a few times for bad kidneys and 
um, and they just treat you like shit in the hospital. They're they just do. like, oh, well, she's a junkie anyway, you know. Yeah. And why, why take care of her? She's just gonna go out there and do it again to herself. And so uh, I was just gonna smoke pot, and that worked for a couple months. Um, and then I, then I have a space I don't remember. <laughs> Actually, Sounds about I right. Have, yeah, now that I'm thinking back, I have a space that I don't remember. I know I start drinking and drugging again, and I was mm-hmm. hanging out with some certain friends, and I got a domestic violence charge, and I had to start taking classes. And that's, I was going to these classes totally high. Yeah. And my, my counselor's like, this can't happen. You know, that you cannot come here. And I'm like, well, you told me if I miss another one, I'm kicked out. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, yeah, <laughs> that too. You know? Yeah, there's I, two I, rules here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then and then I, you have to go by both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally am like, well, if, you know, if I knew how to stop getting high, I probably would. If I could stop you know, you know what? That's a legitimate answer, though. <laughs> right? If and I knew I how said. to, I wouldn't be coming here. That's right. If I knew how to do that. And so they um, set me up with a one-on-one, you know, with a, mm-hmm. an individual counselor. And seen that guy one time in my whole life. Um, and he said, you know, you should go to 12-step programs. And he, he gave me a specific one. There's a bunch of bikers. Like, oh, you'll you'll fit in here. Yeah. Which I didn't even know what he meant. <laughs> but yeah, we all know where he sent you now. <laughs> Let me guess so, here. <laughs> yeah. It's so I couldn't figure out at first why he thought I fit in with that kind of group. You know, mm-hmm. I've never been around that. But that's you know, that's where the people we have the same crazy. They're a little bit rougher. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, they're a little bit tougher when it comes to this stuff, and you needed that. So they're, totally. Yeah. I needed, you know, I know, I knew how to manipulate and how to do this and do that. I needed somebody that said, "You are so full of shit." Yeah. You know, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know how to get fucked up. You don't know how to stay sober. Shut up. Yeah. And, and and they're nice about it too. Yeah, I mean, in a sense, like, yeah. It's with love. Uh, yeah, I want to call it tough love, but it isn't tough love. Tough love is something different, right? But it is unconditional love. And really, the only thing they want from you is it for you to get sober. Yeah, and you pass know? it on. That's really mm-hmm. all they want. Yeah, us too. Keep, right, uh, us non-biker people want that too. right and so um of course i'm getting sober again so you know they say you shouldn't have any relationships so i met a guy (laughs) in the program and i was less than 90 days sober and i got pregnant (laughs) and then you know those girls they tell you don't yeah. change nothing. Don't have relationships. Don't yeah. look at. And I had told this one girl. So I, she had like twenty years at the time, and I told her, "Bitch, I just gave up alcohol and dope. Like, if you think I'm giving up dick? You're wrong." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, not that I'm proud of it, but 
that was my words. Hey. <laughs> I hear you. You know, I came from the street. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and so, boy, when I got pregnant, was she like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was mean about it. I'm sure she was. Especially <laughs> you know. after the way you said that to her. She was like, ah, oh, you got what you wanted, didn't you? Totally. Totally. <laughs> it was, you know, like, okay, let's eat crow. That's uh, my favorite thing to do. Well, just real quick, when I have when I have clients and sponsees and they hit that three month mark, Dion, I want to be in a relationship. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you are not ready. You you can't wipe your own butt. Right. Go, go get a hooker. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's what I don't go get a hooker, man. I'm not a I'm not a good listener, so I did not listen to those girls. Uh, you know, at that point, I was showing up to the meetings and shocked that they would let me be in the meetings. It was the first, <laughs> you know, it was the first place in a really long time that let me stay. Yeah. Because I, you know, homeless and junky, you know, you go and you stink and because you haven't had showers and this kind of thing. And, and once I, so I, I had this point, okay. So right before, after he took the dude, took my kids and um, before I'm in a trying to get sober, I, I have that moment where I'm curled up in the fetal position okay. and I'm just, I'm just begging God, begging kill me or fix me yeah i don't care i don't care which one kill me or fix me because you know i cannot i can't do either of these this is way too hard and and i couldn't get my kid i couldn't get in contact with my kids and um and believe me i hunted them down i was trying (laughs) so later i found out they were like moving from hotel to hotel you know well yeah they were Moving they were around afraid so of me. You couldn't find them. Right. Exactly. And they, they were with the grandparents, and the grandparents thought I was the devil. They thought they were really afraid of me. He's got kids. All right, everybody. We are back. Dion had to take a little potty break there. So <laughs> <laughs> That's, my husband said he's got kids if he's saying he's got to go potty. <laughs> oh, kids. I got five grandchildren. There you go. See? So. And we can tell in your language. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody wants me to say I need to go drop a deuce on here or something. So, <laughs> uh, man, we are having we are just off today, aren't we? What you is know. wrong with me? This is this is why I don't do these when I first wake up. <laughs> All right, so um, I just landed were, in AA. Yep. Okay. And I just landed in AA and I got 15 days clean and these people were saying, come back, come back. And, and somehow, you know, like, I don't even know how I was managing to make it back every day. Okay. I, I didn't have a vehicle. I didn't have, you know, I didn't even own a watch, but so, well, I'll just say God. Yeah. Cause you know, I just got done begging God, begging him. Um, so I got 15 days sober and then these the sober people, they were going to a bar to watch uh, a band play, okay. and they all had some years of sobriety, and um, I didn't even really, I thought I'll be with sober people, I should be cool, 
Well, mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't been out of the bar scene, but 15 days. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, another link on the red chain. Yep. Um, and so I got there and of course, you know, you're trying to quit. Um, first thing I walk in the bathroom and there's a girl I know and she totally hands me, you know, uh, a foil or not a foil, but the little envelopes. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. That's yeah, that's, me either. A seal. Yeah, hey, seal. See, twenty years. Thank yeah. God. I, I yeah, forget good. That I'm shit. glad we're forgetting this stuff. Actually, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, so when I had 15 days clean, I was proud of it. I was trying, but she handed me that, and I didn't even think twice. I walked in. I put up my nose and walked out, and then I went behind the pillars so that I was out of sight of the sober group. And then started hitting the Jägermeisters. Um, and then by the end of the night, I told them, you know, the sober group, hey, I'm going to catch rides home with these people because now I'm with a different crowd. Yeah. Um, and I spent three days, like, just as much as I could. I ruined everything. I ruined every relationship. Mm-hmm. I was super horrible to everybody. I stole people's shit. I did, you know, like, I did so like this stuff so that they wouldn't want me back yeah i really really did not want them to let me come back and you know not really fair to them but i was just so like i stole this girl's shit and i stole this guy's car and blah blah blah. and so i go rolling back into the aa group three days later just i had been up the whole three days my ass is kicked and uh and they're like okay you ready now Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, and so I, I just had to do it that last time to make sure I really, really hated every moment of it. That's sometimes that's what we need. And I did. And I couldn't believe it. I would, you know, in the middle of that, I was telling this one girl, like, look at us, like we're fucking junkies. Look at our kids are running around her kids. Mine weren't there, but the kids are running around fucking dirty diapers. The whole house is gross. Like, look Mm -hmm. at us. Like I was having a, that awareness of who yeah. I am. And, um, and, you know, of course she said, well, you need to get the fuck out of here then. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say, oh, okay, let's go get sober. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. I started going to these <laughs> meetings and I go to these meetings, literally feel like I wake up in AA. Mm-hmm. Like I went, as I'm coming to, I'm, I'm coming to, and you know, that's just God. Cause I don't really know. I remember being so happy that I could stop running because mm-hmm. I had been running and hitchhiking state to state and this and that, like, and to just like stop mm-hmm. and, and take a breath. And I would, could not believe I didn't die. Yeah. I, I was amazed, you know, cause I wanted to, and I try, I didn't try not to, you know? Yeah. Um, and so then I got in and I got a sponsor and she took me to her house, which was really cool. So I guess mm-hmm. she must've knew I was serious, you know? Yeah. She took me right to her house and let me stay in her basement. And um, that was just awesome, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I, without her, I don't know where I would have been. And the paradox of that is then, Two years later, like she relapsed and overdeed and died. Oh, okay. so yeah, but you know, she brought me in, brought me under her wing, took me everywhere with her, let me 
like just made me so safe. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then she died. And so I'm sorry. I had to go get another sponsor. And so by this time I haven't seen my kids in over a year. And, um, I just decided I'm going to be the best me. Yep. Whether I see them in a year, whether I see them, you know, when they're 18, because I know when they're 18, we're like, when they have a choice, we're going to connect. I know this in my heart. Okay. That's, they know, you know, my one kid, he was, he was six when they took him. He was six and the other one was three. And so I knew my six-year-old would know who I was, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so that's, it just went on and, and I went through my steps and I just decided I'll be the best me no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so five years, five years into sobriety, mm-hmm. I got a phone call. So yep. I had, I had sent, tried to uh, serve court papers. Okay. Like you have to petition each thing to, to each state to accept your court papers, mm-hmm. petition, all this. And then one day I get a phone call. And, um, they say, well, he says, I'm strung out. You got to come get these kids. I'm like, oh, really? oh, what the fuck? Like that whole thing ended with that phone call and yep. I was sober and mm-hmm. I jumped in a car and I went and got them. Yep. You were available. Totally. Totally. And so <laughs> that's so cool. Right. Like it was just the way, and it was like, we didn't skip a beat. When I saw them, I was just like, oh, you come here and this and like, and I'm living amends, you know? Yep. And, uh, and so in that five years I had had two other babies. Okay. Um, and so those babies, so my, my kids are 28, 24, 19 and 16. And so okay. the first two, the first two were very damaged for my use. Sure. And the next two, um, that guy that got me pregnant for, you know, in the first 90 days, we're still together. Oh, really? So, Good for you. Yeah, he's 23 years sober. And um, and so we have mine, his and ours. We have six kids. Okay. And so, you know, when him and I met, we had no one. He didn't have contact with his kids. I didn't have contact with my kids. And like over this last, you know, like do through doing the program, um, and you know, I've done the steps probably four or five times. I sponsor mm-hmm. people. Um, I try to go to meetings almost every day right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done, I've tried the things to see if I didn't need them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. I don't need these. And then, you know, I just went crazy before. Yeah. So I, the insanity returns. Um and so, like, say for this Christmas, you know, we have all our kids and grandkids. Uh-huh. And it's just like, I never, ever, not one time thought, this is what I want my life to look like. Mm-hmm. Do you know, the only thing I was doing was fucking trying to stay sober. Yeah. You know, okay, I'm sober. I got to be responsible. Okay, I'll get a job. Okay, I'll take care of the kids. Like, I'm doing the things that, like, I'm just trying each day to do what's in front of me and do what's in front of me. Um, and ultimately my husband, his name's Thumper. He had a, a heart attack and triple bypass. Okay. So when he had that, he had to quit working. Okay. So our roles flopped. Okay. So I went to work and 
um, you know, God's funny like that. Cause I went to work in drug and alcohol as a counselor. Like I started getting my, my CAC and I was working at detox and, uh, started working as a counselor and I worked 10 years in the field and then got an opportunity to buy my own business. Good for you. So, yeah. And so, you know, it's cool. So that domestic violence counselor remember her yep (laughs) the one that i was like okay well then you're gonna have to show me how yeah stay sober if you want me to and 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 she pointed me the right way and so now i see her like as a peer yeah in in these uh yearly state meetings for counselors i mean that's it just is so amazing i can't even i couldn't have made that happen yeah you know that's um, we 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 are we are true miracles in the sense of the word. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and I think I think the one thing that I heard you say that I that I think probably made a huge difference was I was just going to be the best person that I could be. My and we don't need to be any more than that. <laughs> Right. We, we we don't and we put too much on ourselves um a lot of us deal with with uh being absentee parents um you know i was an absentee parent also you know and it was probably six seven months ago when it finally hit me that i was no longer an absentee father right that my kids call me all the time you know we they call me and set up Christmas and the grandkids come over, da, 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 you know, and I'm exactly. a part of their lives now um, instead of running away from them, which is what I used to do. Right. Because I didn't want them to see me drinking. Right. Yeah. I I, yeah, I thought it was America. better that I was away during my drinking years. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Yeah. Right. Um, right. Either way, either way, it's still. You know, once once I did that begging God, I swear it was like once I did that and I was begging, please help me, please help me or, or kill me, fix me or kill me. I don't care. Like from that moment, he kind of just carried me. Yeah. You know, and there's all this there's all this magic that goes on, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> and unless you've been been there and seen it, you don't you don't get it. it. It's It's hard to describe. Um, We describe it as being rocketed into the fourth dimension or living on another plane of existence Um, that, you know, we've given them names and, and words like that because there are no other words because your experience is going to be different than mine. Right. You may feel it different than me. So, you know, we can't really take a book and say, this is how you're going to end up feeling. Right. Because heck, we don't know what's going to happen with that. So, so, so you, yeah, you ended up buying your own business. What kind of business did you end up buying? So it's I'm substance serious. abuse. I kind of figured. Yeah, okay. it's a substance abuse, uh, like with DUI and, and relapse prevention and Got it. Out, outpatient stuff. Sure. Okay. And so just Good been in through the COVID stuff, like we just got blessed because we can do all our stuff like telehealth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and my my business partner, she was so awesome when the COVID thing hit. She made she transferred everything from regular 
to telehealth within two weeks. Yeah. Like we barely, we skipped maybe one or two weeks with the clients and trying to get everything to set, good. set up. Good for you, man. But yeah. she rocked it. And so we've been, we've been blessed that yeah. we get to just do telehealth from home. Yeah. Well, and I think Zoom as a company has been really good about making sure everybody's been connected. So, so man, much. props on Thank Zoom, God. man. Right? If it wasn't for Zoom, I think we have, a bunch of us would be screwed. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Boom. And my husband, you know, because he he's had the heart attack of this, like he's needed to stay home. So he's done Zoom meetings every day for mm -hmm. this whole last year. Yeah, like Zoom is actually he got a Christmas ornament and it's a piece of glass and it's got the triangle and then it says zooming through 2020 <laughs> and it's got like a little picture of a computer screen. Yeah, that's pretty funny. It's so cool. It is. Yeah, I'd, I've actually been enjoying it because I don't get out much anyway between not, you know, not having a license in a car and then my anxiety. I don't get I don't get out much anyway. So right. I've been hitting more meetings since Corona hit because you guys are in my world now. I love right. it. This is what I love. Right. This is your comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on and taking your time with us. I had a, I had a lot of fun talking with you today, and I, I, think, I think a lot of people learned some things. I, I really um, appreciate the opportunity. That, yeah. You know, I... I trust. I just prayed like whatever I'm supposed to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, so hopefully and, somebody somewhere got some. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's it. If we help that one person, then we've done our, then we did our job and that's, that's right. what matters. So that's right. I exactly. think this might help somebody. Yeah. Good chance. You know, of it. Based on the research. <laughs> yes. Based on the research. Thank you. <laughs> She's so, talking about me, people. <laughs> yeah right. what a cool thing you're doing thank, yeah, I thank really, you thank it's you. really cool and jill i just appreciate she thought of me and asked me and you know provide the opportunity you guys are rocking and and now i i'll just keep listening to you guys and you know just keep me included if there's anything you need certainly okay. you know and uh if you ever need to if you ever need to plug your business, anything like that, just feel free to let us know, we'll, we'll, and we'll and we'll do that for you. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel free. Feel that? free to throw it up on my on our Facebook and stuff. Heck I yeah. will. I will. I'll go. I'll share our link for okay. our, our our page because actually, you know, we have sliding scale. We take Medicaid. Okay. We, work with, we try to work with everybody who normally wouldn't be able to get the help. So you got it. Definitely do that fantastic okay all right all guys right. well this is uh has been another episode of uh raw recovery today's raw recovery with jennifer host by dion miller um you know i think there's a lot that we can a lot that we can take out of this um be be nice to yourself be patient with yourself you know make the decisions that you can be the best possible person that you can be today that's right. and, you, and you don't have to be anything more than that. Uh, sometimes you may feel like you want to. Um, but if you do, then you're probably out of control when you should go talk to your fucking sponsor. So. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> That's kind of how we're doing this today, guys. You don't like a talk to your fucking sponsor. All right. With that, I love That's you. That's what I like. <laughs> All right. I love you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, have bye. a day. Bye. You too. Bye.